JSTV is now on the air. Detroit, the near future. Officer Alex J. Murphy and his partner Ann Lewis fight to rid the decaying city of the criminal element which infests it. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Murphy is outfitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motor and sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate super cop. Robocop. Police, each sold separately. The only cops with rapid repeat cap firing. Evil headhunter on a skullhawk just cruising for trouble. Robocop and his armored Robo One will chase him down. This will stop you. Oh, yeah. Nothing can stop Robocop. You put Robo One together. Robocop vehicles and figures with Robocaps each sold separately. With 12 years on the force and 21 commendations, Murphy was a good cop. And in 1991, a good cop doesn't die. You were able to save the left arm. What? I thought we read on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? We get the best of both worlds. Onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programs. Oh! Lotehem, try the chicken. Oh, Lotehem, try the chicken. 발라 먹으니까 질감나게 맛있습니다. 더날게더 주세요. 뼈 없는 닭튀김, 뼈 없는 all right, in our 5.30 newscast, we had a story about a RoboCop statue that could actually go up in the city of Detroit. Remember RoboCop, made in 1987, spawned off a couple of movies. Well, anyway, more than $50,000 has been raised by donors for this statue to go up. And the question we posed, is this a poor waste of money or a good move by the city? Got a lot of comments on this. Let's start with Jared Adams. Total waste. It's just going to be a slap in the face to people that see it. We have a failing school system and overrun with poverty, but I would rather spend it on this cool toy. I think that was a little bit of sarcasm there. John loves sure fob. I think it's great. People want to spend the money? Let them. Simple and sweet. And Mark Puckett, great. Display a cop who kills criminals with a machine gun pistol. Is this what we want kids to do when they grow up? and want to be police officers. Keep in mind, you can always leave us a comment on our Facebook page or on our Twitter feed at Fox47TV, but stick around. For some time in the not-too-distant future, it's talking an electronic Robocop. Hands up. Uphold the law. Drop it. You'll call for backup. Recharge your action figure collection with talking an electronic RoboCop in three action pack sizes. Heat unbeatable. My name is Robert Morton. 
I'm the developer of the RoboCop program for OCP, and uh, you're going to be meeting Robo in a minute. He uh, is the most technologically advanced law enforcement product to date. I'd like to meet him now. Now, you're only going to be able to ask him a couple of questions, okay? Not take up too much time, and I'll be right here. Robo, come on in. These men are going to talk to you for a minute, okay? Uh, Robo, do you know why you were created? I stop crime. I see. Robo, uh, I understand you have, this, you have three prime directives. Uh, can you tell me what they are? Serve the public trust, uphold the law, protect the innocent. Is there anything you'd like to add to this? I am the future of law enforcement. That says it all, doesn't it? Thank you, Robo. It's a good job. Thank you. What did I tell you? Be looking for him. This is picture takes place in old Detroit in the future. It's a story of a cop named Murphy who, in the course of his duties, gets killed. <laughs> and he is rebuilt as a cyborg, part man, part machine. And he is now programmed as the future of law enforcement. I was uh, reading a lot of comic books for, for a studio. They, they came to me one day and said, Ed, read these comic books. We want to know what you think of comic books. And I had never really read comic books, particularly of this sort, which were of these sort of uh, modern um, neurotic superhero. Uh, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Machine Man, all these things that a guy named Stan Lee over at Marvel created. It was the superhero who had sort of trouble being a superhero. Even though he had all these powers, there was like something going on inside. So he was sort of like a superhero with a headache. RoboCop has been looking for me and my boys because we're the ones that shot him up at the beginning. <clears throat> and as the film has gone along, he's discovered who we are, so he's come looking for us. And he happens to find us here. And then is in the process of arresting me, and then since I won't give up and go along peacefully, he starts throwing me through various windows of, of offices in the warehouse here while he's reading me my rights. Okay, next shot. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just a little bit of blood, that's natural, or is it just fake blood? Huh? That's what we're in the process of doing, and that's what all this, this business comes from. So when they take me to the police station later, you know, I look something like this. I think my, what my influence in the style has much more to do with the, with the way I shoot it, the editing, and the way I, I, I work with the actors, which is perhaps a little bit different from a normal action picture, because I go, I spend, I think, much more time with the actors than you would normally do for an action picture. Well, I play Bob Morton, who is a sort of up-and-coming executive for this company, OCP. The company itself is kind of scary. It's like, we are Beatrice, you know? We own the police. We own the hospital. It's great. Uh, and he's like the most ruthless, ambitious agent who ever sat behind a desk at William Morris. That's how I equate it, you know. The writer calls him a, a yuppie with teeth. So, uh... So no matter how sophisticated uh, criminal technology gets, no matter how sophisticated uh, our society gets, no matter how futuristic it becomes, there's still gonna be the beat cop. The robot had a gun that fired a, a three-shot burst. So when the, the, the bad guys got shot, you not only had one bullet hole, but you had three. So you had a large hole, a large cavity, and a lot of blood. And these are extra large blood bags, but in a lot of the sequences, that's how much blood we use with three or four of the bullet hits to get the, the blood gushing and spurting off the chest cavity and the body cavities of a lot of the shots. Ready? The, the brass of your last round hit me right on the chest. Yeah. I figured if you wanted to take a shot at me after I did this to you, I couldn't blame you. <laughs> Actually, the rigging was really superb. I hardly felt there was any impact. Now, when those things go off, 
Um, what do you feel? Feels like... Uh-huh. That's it, we're Yeah. One of my earliest recollections of robots is sitting in front of a television set when I was four years old watching a local Philadelphia TV show uh, called Mr. Rivets, and it was a man in a cardboard box painted silver. Now, hopefully, we've done a little better than that. We have one of the all-star teams, the special effects. We have Phil Tibbet, Academy Award winner, doing all the stop-motion animation on the robot Ed 209, this large, armored enforcement robot. And he becomes RoboCop's nemesis during the course of the film. And I think Phil Tibbet, with Ed 209, has really also done a superb robot. Stop-motion animation is a frame-by-frame -frame process where we move the stop-motion model the arms, the legs, the feet, the tail, the eyes, the back, um, uh, very infinitesimal amounts. And then we take one frame of film and repeat that process again. Take one frame of film, repeat the process, take one frame of film. We have uh, Pete Coran, um, who did uh, all the roto effects in the Star Wars pictures. He's doing all our RoboVision shots, all the POVs of the robots. Uh, we have uh, Rocco Joffrey, uh, is probably the finest young matte artist in the United States, doing all our matte painting. But I think Rob Bottin here has really designed and created one of the most interesting, most spectacular robots I've ever seen on film. Well, today we're shooting the scene where Murphy gets killed by the gang. First they blow off his hand, and then they blow off his arm, then they blow off his head. It's. Um, Rob Bottin has created all these prosthetics, and uh, they're quite startling. We were going to use Peter Weller to blow his head off, but we decided we may need some looping later on. So we've, Rob Bottin has created a wonderful uh, prosthetic, a, 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 a puppet of Peter Weller, which looks exactly like him. Go! <laughs> and it sits up, and it looks around, and it gets frightened and screams, and the whole back of the head blows off quite dramatic. <laughs> the future of law enforcement. RoboCop. Action! Pretty here. Since the uh, Robo... Hey guys, pretty here. Since the RoboCop trailer came out, the other day, I'm going to review the original movie. So, basically, this movie is about this cop that gets brutally shot to death. Like, they shoot like his arm off, his leg off. They shoot him in the chest a couple times, and then he dies. But then he gets, I don't know, resurrected or something. And then, like, some scientists or whatever, like, put him together and they make him into like a cyborg known as Robocop, and he fights crime, everybody thinks he's cool and stuff, he's like the best cop in the business, and uh, yeah, that's, ba that's basically the premise of Robocop, I cannot wait for the for the remake to come out in 2014, I think it's like February 7th, 2014, I can't wait, it, it looks really, really good, I really want to see it, um, and, and it also has a good cast, that's Sam, Samuel Jackson, I'm talking about the remake, not this one. Um, who else? Samuel Jackson, Michael Keaton, uh, Gary Oldman, and, uh, some other big star in there. Might have been it. But, uh, yeah, this is an, a really cool sci-fi type movie. If you love sci-fi and, like, Robots or like stuff that sort of takes place in the future. You'll love Robocop. Um, I'm really excited for the remake. I can't wait for the remake. But um, so I give Robocop five stars out of five. Listen, pal, your client's a scumbag. You're a scumbag, and scumbags see the judge on Monday morning. Listen, pal, your client's a crumbag. You're a crumbag, and crumbags see the judge on Monday morning. Lewis. Come here when you finish fucking around with your suspect. Get on your feet. 
Come here when you're finished fooling around with your suspect. Put your feet. Guys loose over on the east side. You try to get back up when you're in a jam. Didn't guys loose over on the east side. You try to get back up when you're in a jam. It's a better plan. Fucking Jones. I'd go straight to the old man if I could. It's a better plan. Forget Jones. I'd go straight to the old man if I could. Commercial action futuristic thriller on the face of it. But at the heart of it, the thing that attracted me to it, you know, a bionic man or a bionic woman. It's not about a human-looking thing with mechanics inside, right? It's about a mechanical thing with a human inside. So, Stefan in there is the gaffer, or like a crew chief. And back here is the set boss. He runs everything on the set. It needs to be done. And Dennis here is like the chief mechanic. He does all the supervises all the repairs because there are people working on this suit around the clock, literally. There are people in the warehouse now repainting, restructuring other suits just like this, recycling them, getting them ready for wear. As you can see, as you may see soon, these suits take a lot of wear and tear. Every once in a while, one of these guys works a little bit longer than usual. And I stay here for a while, and all of a sudden I go, what the hell's going on? They say quit moving, it's gonna take long. They say quit moving, it's gonna take long. These ridiculous things coming out of my ears are just ridiculous things coming out of my ears. Actually, they're pieces of rubble paper. This rubble paper keeps the rubble hat off my ears so I can listen to what in the world is going on around me. Crime strikes. Nothing can stop RoboCop. Criminals, give up. Surprise, RoboCop. Meet your match. RoboCop and Evil ED-260 face off with rapid repeat cap firing. That should hold you. Calling the RoboJailer. Run away. You won't catch us. But the RoboJailer smashes through their hideout. You'll be hiding out in prison now. Figures and vehicles sold separately. Back for more? RoboCop and the Ultra Police. Okay. Absolutely. Throw yourself back into 1987. Okay. Hey, big movies. <sighs> Remember RoboCop? Loved it. Yeah, great movie back in 1987. Well, it turns out some people want the city of Detroit to put up a statue honoring the crime-fighting cyborg. The movie took place in Detroit, as you may remember. Mayor Dave Bing created waves when he said on Twitter that the city had no intention of actually erecting a RoboCop statue. Now, it's a trending topic on Yahoo. And if you haven't seen RoboCop or don't remember it, like I said, the movie was set in Detroit. Now at nine, we know the mayor has bigger fish to fry, but what do you think about the idea? Philadelphia has a statue of Rocky. Should Detroit honor RoboCop? As much as I love RoboCop, would love to see a statue there. I just, if there's an ounce of taxpayer dollars put into this, I think, <laughs> oh. what a crime. <laughs> yeah, seriously. As much as I love RoboCop, yes, they should build a RoboCop <laughs> statue. And as much as I really don't care, <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Not a fan of the movie. If somebody wants to donate the statue and totally. pay for the statue. Absolutely. Like, Whatever. Yeah. That's, that, that's a different care. thing. No. But in a city like Detroit, I don't think they can even afford to, to do something They're, like they're having problems. There's no question. We'll get yeah. to some comments here. And Noel writes, only in Detroit. My hope is Phoenix or Scottsdale will finally erect a cat galaxy Your statue. That, of course, is Noel's online. <laughs> screaming cat station. <laughs> Diane says, I think it's a ridiculous idea. The money would be better spent on either uh, for school programs, maybe making sure kids have the proper food, or if they do want to waste money rather than doing something useful, then have a statue honoring someone or something that really means something to that city. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Meeson writes, one of the biggest deficits and worst economies in the entire country in Detroit wants to commission a taxpayer-funded statue of freaking RoboCop? <laughs> Come on, people. What a stupid idea. <laughs> and Jose Alviso says, he's laughing. And he says, there goes my plans for a Pikachu statue in Phoenix. <laughs> that would go over real well. Olivia says, maybe a statue of a car. Isn't Detroit Motor City? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're, we're going to watch this one and see what happens. I doubt Maybe that. a statue of Eminem, since he is, you know, Mr. Detroit. And yeah, he's been a song in the commercial. And you he's listen to his songs. I don't know if that's what they want in downtown Detroit. Somebody want to call a goddamn paramedic? Johnson. Somebody want to call a paramedic? Let's go, Johnson. You better watch your back, Bob. Jones is going to come looking for you. Oh, fuck Jones. He fumbled the ball and I was there to pick it up. Jones is going to come looking for you. Forget Jones. He fumbled the ball and I was there to pick it up. Robocop is a 
bad ass motherfucking movie. Now what is Robocop about? Well, it's about a robotic cop. Hence the name Robocop. He goes around and stops criminals. And since Robocop is bulletproof, he is nearly unstoppable. Well, I am saying nearly because, well, you will see by watching the movie. Well, in my opinion, Robocop is like the R-rated Iron Man. Yeah, Robocop is an R-rated science fiction movie. Now... Why am I saying that Robocop is like the R-rated Iron Man? Well, in my opinion, Iron Man and Robocop, they have some things in common. They both can do a lot of things with their They can do a lot of things with the robotic machines. <sighs> the main difference between Robocop and Iron Man is that Iron Man is actually a human who made his own armor. While Robocop was made and has a robotic brain. Yeah, I would say that Robocop is a lot like Iron Man. And that's a good thing because I fucking loved Iron Man. And I also fucking love this movie. Robocop is a real kick-ass movie. A robotic cop that goes around stopping crimes. Now that's a fucking amazing idea for a movie. Robocop does definitely belong in my DVD collection. That's all I gotta say, people. Thank you for watching, and have a great day. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Part human, part machine, a law enforcement Lazarus risen from the dead and programmed to patrol an urban combat zone. Come quietly or there will be trouble. Peter Weller stars in the title role as Robocop. The director is Paul Verhoeven. Well, it's an action picture, I suppose, first of all. And it, is, um, it has some other level, um, telling you something about uh, the possibility of the human soul to survive everything. Mm -hmm. So it's on two levels. I think it's an action picture, and it's, um, it's a picture about the human soul. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. What are they gonna do, replace us? And I play 
John Murphy, a.k.a. RoboCop, a policeman who's taken from uh, his beat in Detroit and used as an experiment, much against his own will. He turns into a robot, a cyborg. Nancy Allen plays Ann Lewis. You may not like what you're going to see. Tough and athletic, yet surprisingly tender, she becomes the cyborg's one true friend. And she is like the beauty of in the Beauty and the Beast. She recognizes Robocop, you know, for what he really is, and finds out the secret, the mystery to Robocop. I was very nervous about how am I going to relate to this, this creature, you know? And Peter's such a wonderful actor. I mean, there's just, you know, sometimes I'd look at him and, is there anyone, is there anyone there? So I think because of how good he is at his job, it made it really easy for me. One of my earliest recollections of robots is sitting in front of a television set when I was four years old watching a local Philadelphia TV show uh, called Mr. Rivets, and it was a man in a cardboard box painted silver. Now, hopefully, we've done a little better than that. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You, you let her back up, pal! The future of law enforcement. RoboCop. Hello. Hi. Hey. Come on, guys. There's nothing there. Just give me a little bit more there. For director Paul Verhoeven, RoboCop marks not only I his first American feature, again. but also his initial plunge into the special the demands of science fiction. For this Ready? Yeah, champs are exactly the same moments, but we can intercut it, yeah? I think that he wanted to make the movie, and he did make the movie, for American sensibilities, not for European sensibilities. Still, the obliqueness of it and the, some of the humor and the wit and the social milieu that he the jackpot of little goodies that he throws in is from Europe, so it's tremendously unique. Drop the gun, you are under arrest. Sometimes it's really difficult to get these things on paper, yeah? You really have to know the writer and to talk with him and find out what is the common opinion behind what is written on, in the lines. It distinguished itself from other robot movies because it's about a guy who becomes a machine. Um, it's a very violent movie. It's sort of a comedy, I think. Um, I mean, if you like a good robot picture, this might be it. corridors of corporate corruption to the crime-infested streets. Robocop takes dead aim at the urban underworld and tracks down his own killers. This warehouse is the setting for one of the most complex and challenging sequences in the film. In this climactic scene, Robocop confronts his own executioners. The firepower, stunts, and special effects the result are truly awesome. Here, director Verhoeven consults with special effects man, Dale Martin. On action, our, our man's going to come in on action. You're going to see the whole wall get machine gun and bag with bullet hits, the glass will pop the lights and all that. As he moves forward, we'll see some hits of cement, the ground, and then we'll throw some sparks off his body. Explosive charges called squibs are placed by the special effects crew. These squibs, when detonated, simulate bullet hits. Special protective vests are used when placing squibs on actors. Here, special effects employ a jerk vest, a special harness worn by the actor with a hook protruding in the back. A wire is attached, and when the squibs explode, the wire is jerked 
and the actor will be pulled backwards, giving the effect of being blown away. In complex scenes like this, the director choreographs each element separately, so the actors, camera, special effects, and stunts all work together as a cohesive whole. Well, you have this sequence here, which is a big shootout. The robot comes in the building, kills all the baddies in the building, so uh, that's not super dangerous. You know? It's just it requires a, a number of stunt people, a lot of bullet hits, a lot of blood bags, and things like that. I'll wait, and then it'll be action! run to see this movie and not only because i'm in it but because well we'll talk about it later go see it Magnavolt, the final word in auto security. No embarrassing alarm noise, no need to trouble the police. And it won't even run down your battery. Magnavolt, lethal response. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. Here at the Family Heart Center, we feature the complete Jarvik line. Series 7 Sports Heart by Jensen. Yamaha, you pick the heart. Extended warranties, financing, qualifies for health tax credit. And remember, we care. Red alert, red alert, red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. It's back. Big is back, because bigger is better. 6,000 SUX, an American tradition. They say 20 seconds in the California sunshine is too much these days. Ever since we lost the ozone layer. But that was before sunblock 5,000. Just... Apply a pint to your body, and you're good for hours. See you by the pool. Sunblock 5000. Protection for the new age. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. Here at the Family Heart Center, 
we feature the complete Jarvik line. Series 7 Sports Heart by Jensen. Yamaha, you picked the heart. Extended warranties, financing, qualifies for health tax credit. And remember... From Orion Home Video, 1991, the country is overrun by crime. The people need a hero, Robocop. He died in the war against crime and was reborn to win it. Looking for me? The theatrical box office blockbuster is now a home video sensation. Robocop. Get it on video cassette. memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. This week, the making of introduces you to the future of law enforcement. Part man, part machine, Robocop. The film is set in the near future where the crime rate in the country has risen to alarming proportions. One of the hardest hit cities is Old Detroit, where a recent rash of cop killings has the police department searching for a solution to the problem. One of the newest officers in Old Detroit is Murphy, played by Peter Weller. In comes a man named John Murphy, unsuspecting, good cop, street cop, wife, kid, easygoing guy, wants to support mankind, humanity, do the right thing, not a tough guy, he's very easygoing, becomes, becomes the unwitting subject of this experiment, who's turned into a robot, becomes a killing machine. But, da -da -da, da -da -da -da, through a series of circumstances and events, he become, begins to... Um, have a taste of uh, what was once uh, his humanity, and it confuses him. And curiously enough, he starts off on a road of not only vengeance, but a road on rediscovering what it was to be human. Hello, hi, hey, come on, guys. There's nothing there, just give me a little bit more there. For director Paul Verhoeven, RoboCop marks not only his first American feature, but also his initial plunge into the special the demands of science fiction. Ready? Yeah, Jim, that's actually the same moment, but we can intercut it, yeah? I think that he wanted to make the movie, and he did make the movie, for American sensibilities, not for European sensibilities. Still, the obliqueness of it and the, some of the humor and the wit and the social milieu that he, the jackpot of little goodies that he throws in is from Europe. It's, so it's tremendously unique. When I got the, I mean, I think you know that when I got the script for the first time and I saw the title and I, didn't, I, I read Robocop and then, of course, saw that it was science fiction stuff and I didn't want to deal with science fiction stuff. I was really, at that moment, living in Europe, I just wanted to do films about realistic elements, yeah? I wanted to do, do films about the real life. And so, after a couple of months later, I think they still hadn't found, found a director, I got a phone call from um, somebody at, or at Orion asking me if I had read it. And I said, no, I didn't read it. And she said, well, you should re certainly read it. And then, with a lot of non-very sympathetic feelings, I started to read it. And I was not, not really com completely convinced, it's not like seeing, seeing the heavens open or something like that. But at the, when I put it down again, when I read it, it stayed in my mind. And it slowly started to, I saw, because what I saw was the possibility to do this kind of science, uh, science fiction action picture, but that underneath the whole story there was something about the human mind or the human soul. I better drive until you know your way around. I usually drive when I'm breaking in a new partner. I personally think that this is the best thing Nancy Allen ever did. Uh, I, I personally think that this is the most vulnerable and charming and uh, and delightful and moving and touching that, uh, that I've ever seen a be. 
Nancy Allen plays Ann Lewis, Murphy's former partner, and later the cyborg's one true friend. Allen, best known for her roles in Dress to Kill and Blowout, found a new challenge in RoboCop. like what you're going to see. The thing that was really, I mean, all throughout the movie, there's only, Peter and I only have a few scenes in the beginning together as as uh, partners and all the rest of the time I'm playing with the robot and I was very nervous about how am I going to relate to this this creature you know and uh, and Peter's such a wonderful actor I mean there was just you know sometimes I'd look at him and is there anyone is there anyone there so I think because of how good he is at his job it made it really easy for me Helping Weller make the character of RoboCop come to life was the RoboCop suit. The costume was designed and created by special effects makeup genius Rob Bottin, whose credits include The Howling and The Thing. Working with a team of 20 assistants, Bottin spent 10 months developing the RoboCop suit and six months building it. Dennis Pavlik, a member of the team that was responsible for working with the RoboCop suit, discusses its creation. Came from a lot of months of um, talking to the director, Paul Verhoeven, and uh, them going over what they wanted, sketches, uh, building it out of clay, changing it, a lot of changing. And they finally, you know, agreed on one design. This is what you see. It took 10 hours to get into it the first time. 10 hours. And then it took six, and then we got it down to four, and finally, uh, this amazing crew I had and support team, the robo team, we got it down to a smooth hour and a half every day. It was 128 degrees inside the thing. It was 105 degrees outside. I'm not saying Dallas, Texas, but it was about 128 degrees inside it. I would lose about three pounds of water weight a day. For the robotic situations in the film, you have really to find out how... Um, how a robotic element in a, in, in a film could, can look convincing, that it doesn't look ridiculous or absurd or you don't accept it at all or it's an element that is completely out of style with the rest of the picture. So these are all things that are really new, I, I suppose. Um, you're not talking about another galaxy or something like this. You are talking about our civilization and you're bringing in robotic elements and you have to make them convincing to your audience. Drop the gun, you are under arrest. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. Sometimes it's really difficult to get these things on paper, yeah? You really have to know the writer and to talk with him and find out what is the common opinion behind what is written on, in the lines. It distinguished itself from other robot movies because it's about a guy who becomes a machine. Um, it's a very violent movie. It's sort of a comedy, I think. Um, I mean, if you like a good robot picture, this might be But it. on now to RoboCop, a piece of comic book science fiction that hovers on the edge of being admirable, but finally self-destructs because of its own excesses. The setting is Detroit sometime in the near future. Society is breaking down. Was there ever a time in the movies when society wasn't breaking down? However, Detroit is run by three main organizations, a bunch of evil bad guys, the cops, and a multinational conglomerate that has a contract to run the city police force. Fellow executives. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to the future of law enforcement. Ed 209. <laughs> 
We'll need an arrest subject. Mr. Kinney. Yes, sir. Would you come up and give us a hand, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Kinney is going to help us simulate a typical arrest and disarming procedure. Mr. Kinney, use your gun in a threatening manner. Point it at Ed 209. Yes, sir. Put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct violation. You now have five seconds to comply. That's amusing stuff. And against this background, Peter Weller plays a cop, almost as tough a cop as his partner, Nancy Allen, who eats a couple of lightly boiled bad guys for breakfast every morning. One day, Mr. Weller falls foul of the flakiest gang of nutters in town, a mob led by Kurtwood Smith. And just for fun, they shoot off both his arms and one leg and, by way of an encore, put a bullet through his forehead. This obviously leaves him with a nasty headache and no doubt a general feeling of malaise, but astonishingly, he's still alive. And so Miguel Ferrer, whiz-kid scientist with the multinational conglomerate, takes whatever is left of him and turns him into a cyborg, half man, half machine, otherwise known as Robocop. And that's when the mayhem really starts and when a half-baked subplot about a behind-the-scenes struggle for power at the conglomerate involving Ronnie Cox and Dana Hurley is introduced. Now, I did say that this was almost admirable, though you probably might not think so from that rundown. But the effects are first-rate, and there are some very funny gags, mostly involving a couple of TV newscasters who keep turning up wearing big, toothy grins to announce the most appalling disasters, such as a mishap in the Star Wars programme that has totally wiped out Santa Barbara. All this is fine, and so is the direction by the Dutchman Paul Verhoeven, whose first American film this is. But there's a sickness at the heart of the picture, and inevitably it involves the violence, which goes beyond cruelty and even viciousness, and plunges into sadism. Robocop! Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? He is OCP's newest soldier in their revolutionary crime management program. OCP spokesmen claim that the fearless machine has crooks on the run in old Detroit. Today, kids at Lee Iacocca Elementary School got to meet in person what their parents only read about in comic books. Robo, excuse me, Robo, any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. More fighting in the Mexican crisis today when American troops participated in a joint raid with Mexican nationals against rebel rocket positions in Acapulco. Now this. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Now, what we've shown, take my word for it, is pretty mild stuff. But most of the jokes are about different ways to kill and maim people. If you think that's funny, then I'm sure you'll like Robocop. If you don't, you may agree with me that for all its high promise and for all the imagination and skill and wit that went into it, it's ultimately a rather distasteful picture which can't possibly do much good, except for the bank balances of those who made it. Hello, I'm your non-nitpicker, and today we're going to be reviewing... Robocop. Now, Robocop is a movie about a police officer in a futuristic Detroit who gets brutally shot to death, but is revived through cyber technology. His brain is in basically put into a robotic body he and and he he now becomes um a machine who fights crime in the name of the law mm. Mm. this concept um, works very well in this movie because this uh you know the act the storyteller you, you believe that at this 
this is actually real when it takes place in the future. In this move. He also has great performances by the act and has some very interesting social commentary about the justice system in New York. Not only that, but the effects look really good. And yeah, they were very well done. And well realized. Especially considering it was made in 1987. I will say, and this movie really was a black. And I can see why it has such a cult following. Although I have not seen the sequels or the remake yet. And I will plan on seeing them eventually. So, those are my thoughts on Robocop. Doing next, we review The Karate Kid. Ed 209, a cannon fisted enforcement droid, was going to be the answer to old Detroit's crime problem. But when Ed goes haywire, Robocop gets the go ahead. However, Ed 209 is intent upon reclaiming the title of the future of law enforcement. Producer John Davison hired some of the finest special effects artists in the business to create authenticity within the robots. One of my earliest recollections of robots is sitting in front of a television set when I was four years old watching a local Philadelphia TV show uh, called Mr. Rivets, and it was a man in a cardboard box painted silver. Now, hopefully, we've done a little better than that. We have one of the all-star teams of special effects. We have Phil Tibbet, Academy Award winner, doing all the stop-motion animation on the robot Ed 209. Hey, guys. Today, I'm going to be reviewing... Robocop and not the remake that came out in 2014. I'm gonna review the original since I already did Robocop and Mortal Kombat. So today, yeah, I'm gonna be reviewing the original. The movie is about a cop that was Alex Murphy. He went to go to a mission, he gets shot, so a company has to save him and bring him back as a robot. Pretty much the saddest part of the film is he forgets about his wife and his child. His pretty much family. So his wife moves on in the movies. As you can see, and he's getting revenge on the criminals. And this is the first one, and it came out in 1987. Robocop had, I guess, it spawned two sequels. The second one, the third one, and uh, a miniseries that's like connected to the third Robocop movie. And um, two animated cartoons, and then a remake. And plus, he's in Mortal Kombat now, so peace, guys. See you next time. Ocean Software presents Robocop, part man, part machine, all computer game. You've seen the Smash movie, played the all action coin up, now experience the thrills on your home computer. As Robocop, you blast through the many levels of the underworld in the pursuit of justice. Scrolling shoot 'em up action. You've got to be tough, ruthless, and lethal. You've got to be Robocop. Interceptor driving action model. Always ready to fight crime. And rebuild to fight another day. From the world of Robocop. What's bugging you, Murphy? Drugs. Drugs bug me. Hi. That was Nancy Allen and me. I'm Peter Weller, the guy behind that mask. If you're a kid, please listen for a second. How do you keep away from drugs? They're everywhere, sometimes even at home. But there is one place you can go that is 100% drug-free. No pot, no pills, no crack, no smack, no coke, no exceptions. The Boys and Girls Club. It beats the streets. No kidding. How was I to convey the robotics of a machine and the humanity of a, of a man at the same time. The danger of this character was that someone would say, well, you're not going to see his face, so you can put anybody in there. And I think that that's not true. You needed a real actor and, and uh, who really took it seriously, and, and Peter really did. Peter you know, took it seriously from a physical standpoint. He studied mime, and he did this, and he developed this whole thing. And, and he, in, in retrospect, you, you can't imagine the movie without Peter.
It was anyhow difficult to find the actor because we needed somebody, as, as has been pointed out several times. I mean, somebody was a really good jawline, isn't it? <laughs> because this is, what, this is what you see only this, isn't it? Weller was probably the best person we could get. He was a marathon runner, he was very skinny. And so when you put him in the suit, he looks like a normally proportioned person. But if you put a normally, uh, an actor with a normal physique inside that suit, he looks too big. He really captures the feeling of the robot physically, uh, you know, vocally, everything. And you really feel like he's solid as a rock. And yet, you know, he had to really work at, work very hard at that to make you have that feeling. Orion and Mike Metavoy, my friend and a great supporter through the years, said, why don't you just find a mime teacher? I was living in New York at the time, still do. And so I interviewed five or six uh, teachers of mime, and I talked to this really gifted gentleman named Moni Yakin, who's head of the movement department at Juilliard. And he read the script, and he wanted to incorporate dance and a fluidity in it, and not just this st staccato pantomime. And so I went with him, and we prepped for about seven months. I put on football gear and would walk around Central Park and work with Moni. Putting on the suit for the first time depressed me possibly more than anything except the end of a love affair 20 years ago that I can remember. Moni Yakin and I had developed this very fluid-like, this legato, if you will, style of movement, almost like a snake. When the suit came and it was as heavy as it was, and we were already shooting, uh, I could hardly move in it. Once he removed the armpits and the knees and part of the heels of the feet and the neck, then I could start to work the outer shell of the suit more freely. But that still didn't give me the fluid-like movement that Moni and I had worked on for seven months. We started to move the suit and Paul started to shoot tests on it. And Moni took me inside and said, look, slow everything down. It's no longer a snake, it's a beast. It's got to be big, and the accents have to be huge. The dissection and the definition of the ends of these movements have to be absolutely staccato and not legato. The head has to move like bang. We'd see Peter out there in the parking lot, you know, marching around with this, you know, with his uh, movement coach um, to make it look right, you know, uh, and, and it made a big difference. He needed that time. And, and rightly so, and I think we were pissed off at him that he was, uh, let's say, in our opinion, obstructive, but I, I don't see it that way any, anymore at all. That warehouse, I just remember how difficult it was to breathe in there by the end of the day. And, and then as soon as I felt really, really sorry for myself, as I said, this was also in August and it was really hot, then I just look over at Peter Weller, and he'd be in that RoboCop suit, which was like built on a wetsuit, you know, and, and he'd just be sitting there with hoses air hoses stuck down in. He was constantly having to rehydrate himself. And so there was always the danger that, you know, <laughs> these uh, horrific conditions might take out our star. He'd lose eight to 10 pounds a day, you know, just in dehydration. Then he'd have to put it on at night. Whenever I felt bad, I just look at Peter and I didn't feel nearly as bad. <laughs> Peter's gonna hate that I say this, but I don't care. All the cast and crew got memoranda saying on set, don't refer to Peter as Peter or Mr. Weller. Don't call him by anything other than Murphy or Robo, depending on who he's playing that day. And I'd known Peter for 10 years prior, so I was like, you kidding me? You joking? So, uh, so we used to tease him, you know, he'd be sitting there in the suit in between takes and I'd say, Pete, what's happening, man? What's going on? And he'd ignore me. I'd say, Pete, I'm talking to you. I said, Peter, I'm talking to you. I know no one named Peter. <laughs> he would actually try to say that. I said, oh, come on. And then, by the way, is that the voice you're using, really? Is that how you're going to do it? Okay. I'd buy that for a dollar. 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 I'd buy that. And that concludes our broadcasting day. Till next time.
watch JSTV as it watches you.